Welcome to the Brand Shift Personal Branding Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Wozniak, and today I am joined by Alex Sheridan. Alex, how's it going, my man? What's up, brother? How are you? Doing really well. Super pumped to have you on the show. Super pumped to learn from you and to dive into a little bit about your story. But for those that don't know you yet, um, tell the, the listeners a little bit about who you are, where you are, and how you got um, building your personal brand. Dang. Well, that's a long story, dude. Um, but, but I'll give you the, the brief version of that is my name is Alex. I'm the founder and uh, CEO of Impacts Marketing, and we help companies turn their video content into a 24-7 sales rep for their business. I got started in the personal branding and content journey when I was working at my corporate job. I was doing B2B sales for about 10 years, and I uh, landed a nice corporate job for six years I was there and was cold calling, knocking on doors, you know, hitting the pavement. And uh, I was a sales, salesperson, straight up sales. And so I was responsible for building territories up. And what I, and, and that worked well, like, and that still can work well. Obviously, there's tons of tactics that still work very well. But what I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I'd start my own business. And I always kind of had that like entrepreneurial type, like itch I wanted to scratch. And I, and I, I say that because I would just do some like one off things. Like I wrote a book on sales, I never published it, but I like wrote training manuals. Like I would like want to train other reps. I would, you know, create videos for YouTube and then I delete them because later on I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I always had these things that was like, we need to create videos for our, you know, our company and hiring. Da, da, da. And my managers would always be like, what is this guy doing? You know, what, what is he thinking? And so like, I always knew that I was destined for something a little different. It always felt like corporate kind of kept me in a little bit of a box and I wanted to kind of break through. And so you know, 2019, I was like, look, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start my side business and I'm going to take the leap of faith. And it's something I really want to do. I know I'll regret if I don't go back, you know, at some point, if I look back and didn't try it at least. And so I started putting out content. I'm going to do sales consulting. That's what I thought my business was going to be because that's what I knew. That's what I lived. And I started putting out video content. I actually started on Instagram and and then really on, on made a switch to LinkedIn a few months in because realized that I thought Instagram was kind of going down and I thought LinkedIn was on its way up. And it turned out I was right. I started posting video content for LinkedIn. And then what I quickly noticed that really shocked me because I never experienced this before, but, you know, potential customers started reaching out to me and started asking me questions like, Hey, I saw your, your video on LinkedIn. You were talking about this and social selling and this and that. And, you know, I was, I was curious, uh, you know, could we talk a little bit more about that? What you said was really interesting. And it just started clicking for me, man. And I was like, well, this is interesting. I always took the opposite approach where I tried to be the hunter and now all of a sudden I'm putting myself in a position where I'm all of a sudden becoming the hunted. And it was strange for me, but it, the light bulb went off and I was like, look, I really like creating these videos. I'm having fun doing it. So that's a great sign. I think I'm pretty good on camera and good at delivering and communication. I always have been. So that's a good sign. And three, I just thought there was a natural, really big need for video content and LinkedIn and social selling and that types of stuff in the future. And this is, this is prior to COVID, right? So for those three signals gave me enough reason to say, I'm going to, I don't know a ton about this stuff, but I'm going to go all in on this and I'm going to try and figure it out. I'm not going to pretend I'm the best at greatest expert overnight, but I'm going to really work hard. And I worked day and night and long nights and every single weekend I possibly could. I just worked on content and video and LinkedIn and social selling. And I took the stuff I knew from sales and brought it to marketing and video. And it started working, man. And long story short, I won my first customer in that business in February 2020. And then six months later, was putting in my two-week notice and doing this full-time. And here we are. 
that is epic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it really has goes to show that like you had this skill set, but you also recognize that there was opportunity, even though it fell a little bit out of what you were used to doing. You weren't a video totally. guy prior to this. But you knew you could talk sales. You knew you were good on camera. And so you're like, I can make this transition. Now, that being said, how did you know what to, what to offer initially? Because you talked about you thought it would be sales. But then how did you end up in, in video marketing, content marketing, lead generation? It started off just LinkedIn, right? So like, you know, if you think about it, and, and the offering was way different than it is today, obviously, right? And way lower priced. So when I started finding some success on LinkedIn, I started getting some leads from LinkedIn, like I was doing things with my profile that other people weren't doing. I was creating videos that other people were doing. I taught myself how to edit videos. So I was like picking up skill sets, right? And all I was trying to do is say, hey, if someone's here on their LinkedIn journey or their content journey or social selling video journey, and I was here, I could just charge a little bit of money to help them get here, you know? And so that's what I did. So I charged like a couple hundred bucks and I'd help someone with their LinkedIn profile or show them how to do videos or, you know, edit video, whatever it might be, right? So it was just very small you know, moves that I was making that I was like, I'm a little bit ahead down the line than some other people. And they want to go down that path. So I could charge a little bit of money for them to close that gap quicker than it would take them if they tried on their own, because I was like obsessive with it. I was like working every, you know, every weekend I could every long night I could, when I would get off from my full-time job, I'd go right to work and work on the side business. So I was putting in just an ungodly amount of effort and time and energy into this. And I was like, I could pass some things on to people that didn't want to put in that kind of work that would actually be really valuable for them. And then what I did from there is I, once I would started helping people, they would get results and they would win clients and they would enhance their presence. They would win more, you know, and then what I did with that is I just got case studies and testimonials and videos of people that like, Hey, I found success going through Alex's program. And I won three clients in the first two months of implementing the social selling strategies, you know? And so we built that up and then I was able to charge more and then I got better clients. And then I was able to charge more. And then I got better clients. I improved my, the offering. I provided more value. I had more experience and more skills at that point. So it just kept going up from there. Yeah, and I think that's what it's all about when you're building a personal business is it's like at first, your offering is probably underpriced. It's probably totally. not super polished. But all you need is to help someone just get a little bit further to where you are and yeah. share a little bit of perspective. And before you know it, they're like, hey, through implementing these things, I was able to get these results. You start to put together these cases. You have that social proof. And from there, you can increase your prices and start to refine your offering. Mm -hmm. And it's in a lot of cases, it's not even that it's underpriced. It's just priced for where you're at in your journey. Like if you've never gotten anybody results whatsoever, zero, then it's not a bad idea to charge very little or to do a free job just to prove yourself and get the proof points. Because you need proof of concept if you're starting a business. You need to prove that this has this works for other people, that it, it actually generates a result. So do whatever you got to do to get that result. And then once you get that result, then you start pricing according to the results that you get and the experience and value you bring to the table. And of course, yeah, if you, if you do it right to your point, it should go up with time. And it did. That's awesome. And so when you're thinking about a content strategy, let's say I'm wanting to implement video into a content strategy and I'm not exactly clear on where to start. I've never created video content. How does one go about thinking about content strategy and implementing video? Um, and you're one of the few people doing this on LinkedIn, which is really unique, but why video on LinkedIn, even when it seems to be like not the most popular method, writing seems to be much more popular. 
Um, so, so why that? And then how can people start thinking about implementing into their content strategy? So, you know, first of all, video is going to be a big part of any social media channel. Not to say there won't be some text and there won't be other elements and pictures, but you know, LinkedIn obviously seems to be moving more towards video. They featured a lot of my videos in their news top 10 articles. I've seen other video creators in there. So they're, they're pushing video to a certain extent, but the reason I got into it, cause I, cause most people weren't doing it. Most people were scared to put themselves out there or they didn't know what to create or it was just, it's just easier. Let's be real. It's easier to sit down on your computer and just type something up and hit posts than it is to create a video for a lot of people. And so for me, I was always like, I always wanted that edge. I always wanted that like rebellious edge. What's the thing that no one else is doing that are not willing to do that they're scared to do. And I'm gonna go do that. And I also knew that from sales, that video, if you could see somebody and hear somebody and get a sense for their presence that that would probably convert more than an email or a text, right? Because when you can see someone and get a feel for their personality and who they are and what they're about, and you feel like you almost know this person. I mean, there's people you see on TV and in content that you feel like, I feel like I kind of know that person. Like they're kind of familiar to me, like I get it. Versus if you read stuff from them or emails or text posts, you wouldn't get that same impression. So, you know, for me, as, I, as video starts to become more popular on LinkedIn, you know, I've been doing it for years now. And I've been trying to tell people that, you know, I'm not saying post 20 videos a day or all you need to do is video on LinkedIn, but it definitely should be part of your strategy, no doubt about it. And especially with platforms that are popping up and emerging like TikTok, like, you know, YouTube shorts now, you've got Instagram reels, you've got just everything that's popping up with short form video, especially having that experience and the know-how to create good video content, when those pop up, it just becomes easier because now you're not like, oh, shit, I got to go figure out video or I can't be on TikTok. You know, I got to go figure out video or I can't post Instagram reels or YouTube shorts. Well, you're kind of putting yourself in a bucket where you're, you're limited. And so I just never wanted to be limited. I do text posts, I do videos, I do picture posts, I do anything, anything that I feel like would work. So in terms of where do you start with the content strategy, I mean, the first place you have to go is who are you trying to attract? Who is your audience? Who is your potential customer? What do they care about? What are they challenged by? What problems are you that can you help them solve through your content that also ties back into your business and your offerings? And that's where a lot of people get this wrong, where they don't talk about the things that their customers actually want to know or hear about. And so they'll start talking about overly technical stuff, or they'll start talking about problems as they see it but they're not their customer, right? Like it'd be like if I was trying to help somebody, you know, we have a video editing service. You're not going to see me come out and do videos about how to self edit because that's, that's not what I'm trying to get people to do. I'm trying to get people to outsource their editing and edit through either someone like us or another service. I'm trying to educate buyers and potential customers on this is why you shouldn't be edit editing your own videos unless you're in the very beginning stage and you're a solopreneur, but that's not my target customer. Right. I'm trying to get people to think systems and processes and creating content that converts to customers and outsource the editing so you can spend more time in your business. Right. You got to really get inside your customer's head. So that's step number one. And then step number two, then you would start getting into the, okay, what now that we know our customer, we've identified what matters to them, we've kind of got our content pillars, we know what we're going to talk about based on that. Then you would start thinking about things like more in the weeds, which is, where are we going to talk about it and what and how are we going to structure it? So are we going to do a podcast, live event, community, you know, LinkedIn, uh, you know, what's going to be our approach, a YouTube channel, a TikTok. And ideally, you know, most people think they have a content strategy. In reality, they have a platform strategy, 
So they have a LinkedIn strategy. And I get that because I was that way when I first started and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a difference between that and having a content strategy, a full, a holistic content strategy. You could take that strategy. It's got a specific target in mind, client. It's got an overarching theme in mind that ties back into your business objectives and goals and offerings. And then ideally you could point that content machine at any platform and go, go, and it's going to go. Like I can take my content machine, the video content machine that we've built and the strategy that we've built, and I can point it at LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I can take it anywhere, a podcast, right? So it, that's building a true content machine, but knowing your audience and then knowing where they are and how you're going to interact with them and deliver the messages. That's, that's so key. I love that differentiation where it's not the medium that is your strategy, right? It's all about knowing who you're talking to, what you're talking to them about, and what separates you from the competition, how you're standing mm -hmm. out, what makes you different. And so once you can get that strategy super, super clear, the execution uh, might be different for different platforms, but you right. can point that any, you take that strategy and it informs every single execution across all platforms. Exactly. Exactly. A platform is part of the content strategy, but a single platform is not technically a content strategy. You're also putting all of your eggs in one basket too. If something changes with that platform, if you only have that one platform and that was all you were creating content for, then you're kind of stuck, right? Then you got to go recreate and build something brand new versus you've got an actual content strategy built out, then it's easy to go to different platforms. If a new platform came up tomorrow, and I would assume that there's going to be a video component to it. It'd be kind of hard to imagine it wouldn't. If a new platform popped up tomorrow, no problem. We'll just take the existing content strategy and add another layer for that platform. So if you can't do that, then you don't really have a content strategy. 100%. And a lot of these you know, companies and solopreneurs are thinking like, I need to get you know editing expertise or I need a video team. But like, no, what you need is a strategy. And then from there, you're able to outsource or do whatever it is to execute that. And so making sure you have your foundation secure and then you can move forward because that way, yeah, you're so much more flexible. You're so much more able to maneuver when things change. If LinkedIn got worse at video or better at video, whatever changes, the algorithm shifts, it does not matter because you know who you're talking to and you're able mm -hmm. to, to get to those people. And so I want to talk a little bit about something that you talk a lot about. And I love this concept, which is you want video to be a 24-hour salesperson. Can you talk to that concept? Where did that come from? And what does that actually look like when implemented? So the concept is that you take your video content and you turn it into a 24-7 sales rep for your business. How you do that is you, there's a couple different components. Like if you think about a sales rep, what does a good sales rep do or a sales pro do? They go out and they get attention, they prospect, they get in front of customers. Well, that's what video content can do, right? But you got to be posting consistently in the LinkedIn feeds and the TikTok feeds, wherever you're going to be. So you're creating that video in the first place for them to get exposed to you. Then once they come into you and they get exposed to you and they've seen you in the feeds or they've interacted or someone else liked the post and now they saw you or whatever it might be, you've got to have more video content that they can go down. So if they want to, and that could be tied in with that could be a podcast or some other type of content. But ideally, you've got other video content that if they saw one video they liked. A lot of times what people will do is like, I want to watch more of that, right? If you find one podcast that you episode that you like, naturally, you want to know what's the podcast and is there more episodes that I might like? So you want to give people that rabbit hole of other content once they come across you. And then the other element is that just like a good sales pro would, 
or a good sales rep would, you would, once you get people into your atmosphere or whatever you want to call it, your circle, then you would want to show them that you actually get results, that you're the real deal. So video content isn't just me talking or the creator talking. It's also you having your customers on there for video testimonials. So if you go to my LinkedIn page, you're going to see a ton of video testimonials that you could go through my featured content section. That if you're a potential customer, you wouldn't just say, wow, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. I've watched a couple of his videos in the feed. I went to his page. I saw some other videos. But now I'm actually seeing his customer, Jeremy and Mike and Shireen and all these other folks. I'm watching them talk about the results they got from working with Alex and his company. Well, that's pretty powerful. That's getting somebody sold before we even book the call. Now we go to the fourth element and you go on my website, which is kind of my final path to conversion, right? It's either going to find me on LinkedIn, find me on TikTok, find me through the podcast, probably go back to the website at some point, usually. And what's on my front page of my website, along with all the other testimonials and, and that kind of stuff on the first, as soon as you scroll down, there's a video of me talking about, I made this video. So you don't have a book. You don't have to book a call with me just to figure out what we do and how much we cost. That's me kind of being a video sales rep. And I'm up there talking about this is what we do. This is kind of how we do it. These are our pricing structures. And some of them I give exact amounts. Some of them are kind of ranges, but at least you know. So what am I trying to do with that video? I'm trying to either qualify you into a booked call, which you can do inside the video. You can just click a, click on you know, the calendar link and get in, uh, in my calendar. Or two, I'm trying to qualify you out because maybe you're not the right fit or maybe it's not within your budget. And so at least you know before you book the call. So I've created all these different experiences for a customer, yet I was sleeping or I was with my kids or I was with a client or I was out bike riding, you know, so, so I don't need to be there to actually do that. That's the power of it. And so once they get on the actual call with me now, for the most part, they're 90% of the way sold. They've seen my content. They've seen me on video. They've seen my customers talk about the success that we've had. I've screened them out with the video on the website. Everything's done. Like this is a very easy conversation. It's frictionless. I even have Q&A on my website. So they've gone through the most common questions. They've got the answers to them. By the time we get on the call, it should be pretty much a done deal. And that's how you do it. I love that approach because number one, it's super efficient, right? So you have this funnel and you, you create awareness and you create video content for every stage of the funnel until you're able to right. convert those people, those leads into clients. And I love that. And then you systemize it using video content. And video content, for one, is much more compelling than copy, right? They know your face. They can trust totally. you. They see your personality. They know the way you think. They're not trying to like get on a call to figure out if you're a good fit. By the time they're on the call, they know what you're about. They know your approach. They probably have a very good idea if it's going to be a good fit for their business. And then you close that. And then the scalability you mentioned where you're off playing with your kids or you're doing other things that are important for the business is incredible. And so is the strategy then that when you're creating this type of content to look through each step of the funnel and then start creating content for each step, is that kind of the way you should be thinking about it? I mean, you know, for me personally, I don't, I, I may have used the word funnel, but I'm not a big fan of like funnel because I think it's, it's only because there's, and I know how you're referring it to, and I'll get into, I'll answer the question, but only because it, in, in my mind, it, it is associated with a lot of like bad funnel tactics where it's like, download the ebook, then we're going to spam you five times and you go through our funnel or automation. And it's like, it's not really what you're trying to do. What we realize is that buyers and good marketers have realized this too over the last few years. 
especially since COVID, buyers buy differently now than they did in 2018, 2015, 2011, 2010, and really forever. They want to do research. They want to be educated. They want to get recommendations. They want to get referrals. They want to watch and consume content to, to make sure that they know what they're getting themselves into and if they should go this route or this route or they want to listen to things, maybe like podcasts or YouTube videos to get more information, more educated about the topic before they actually book a call, right? And so video content allows us to do that and content in general allows you to do that. So, it, so you know, what I say, build out the, the every step of the way for the funnel, kind of, because you would think about one would be your content strategy, which that would be the one that would, that would, that's how they would get interactive with you in the first place. In most cases, right. They would see your content in the feeds. Someone else liked it. They saw your post on LinkedIn, whatever it might be. And then the second part of that would be create, having more video content as sort of a video library. And then the third part of that would be to have the testimonial videos as that layer of the funnel, if you want. And then the fourth one would be the video on the website. So I would say that they're kind of different they're definitely different. I don't know if I'd ever program it like it's one, two, three, four, five in the funnel. But if I'm working with the client, we're definitely developing a video content strategy. So that piece is there. We're definitely looking at the website saying, do you have a video on the website? Do you, you know, uh, and if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But I would always recommend that they have one in there depending on the business, of course. And then three, definitely having video testimonials on the LinkedIn page, easily accessible if they're clicking on your TikTok links, easily accessible on the website. So I'd say, yeah, in a way you're, you're sort of building that out, right? But it, the content strategy itself in terms of where they actually find and discover you first, that's got to be moving all the time. You need volume with that. Where if you get the video on your website, that could sit there for six to 12 months to a year and a half, depending on the video and the evergreen nature of the video. Testimonials could sit on there for months and months and months. Obviously, you want to get new ones on there. So it's not like they check in a year later, it's the like same exact testimonials. And you want to be adding new testimonials all the time, at least every quarter or two. But a lot of the things can sit in place and, and really work for you over a period of time. So if I've never created video content before and I'm going at it, I'm going to make my first video. How do I go about doing that? Like I, I, I'm not comfortable on video necessarily. Maybe I don't have the equipment. I've got all these excuses, right? Yeah. What do you, what do, you do? What do you recommend for getting in there and making that first video piece of content? There's two tactical things that I would say for overcoming, you know, the fear of being on camera. Although if we go deeper on that, there's a lot of other insecurities and deeper things that I would discuss. But if you want to go tactical, there's two things you can do. First of all, all you need is your phone. If you got a, you know, a smartphone, you're good to go. Like people overthink it. That's all you need. If you're going to create a content, you're like, I want to get on videos. I'm scared to do it, but I want to put myself out there. Then pull out your phone and hit record and deliver a valuable message that your audience would care about. It's just your perspective right? It's a story. It's something you want to share. It's an insight that you have. That's a unique perspective, whatever it might be. But the two tactical things would be this one, you know, if you're scared to put yourself on video or you're scared to make video content, you can create videos and then not post them. So like, you know, I would ask that person like, all right, just create 20 videos, you know, pick a topic that your customers care about that you're passionate about that you're interested in. Otherwise that's not going to, that's going to show if you're not and just record 20 videos, you know, over the next couple of days. And 30 second videos, 45 minute, whatever it is, and just go through those. And I bet you'll find probably one out of the 20 videos that you'll be comfortable posting, right? If not, you just got great practice. So that's a win either way. And hopefully you'll create more that you will post. The second thing that you can do is you can also do just conversational style videos. So this format here, right? Like grab a buddy or a colleague or a friend, 
and hop on a Zoom call and record it, ideally with your phone so you're not working off the Zoom connection, but you know, have some type of camera or technology that's recording it. And then just talk about stuff, just have a conversation. Just like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Right. Come into it intentionally and talk about things that matter within your industry or within your customer, your customer base. But then you're just answering questions and it's just very conversational. And then you could take that clip from the conversation and that becomes your video content. So those would be two things I would say that, you know, practice just recording the videos in the first place with your phone. And uh, hopefully you can post some. And then two, if that's still bugging you or you can't get around it, just hop on a video call with somebody and record that and that becomes your content. It's super interesting. I'll jump on phone calls, one-on-one uh, -on -one coffee chats or whatever, and people will be super energetic, interesting, passionate about the thing they're sharing. And it is a fascinating concept. And then they'll go on to tell me like, but I don't know what to post about. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? Like you clearly have knowledge and expertise and passion just start talking, start putting it out there. And if you need to just start talking to, you know, making the content and don't post it at first, but you have right. things to share, right? You know what it is, man, is, is that it's a much deeper conversation, but I'll just scratch the surface. People are mostly, they get inside their own head and mostly people are scared to put themselves out there because they're worried about what somebody else would say. They're worried if they wouldn't look good. They're worried if their colleagues would make fun of them or if the post just completely flops, which it probably will in the beginning. And so they're basing their decision to do or not do something based on external factors and validation. And what I'm trying to get people to, to think about is you should be making decisions. And I know it's easier said than done sometimes, but you should be making decisions based on your internal values, not external validation. So I call it internal validation, right? So like, think about what are your core values? And maybe you need to sit down and write them out. But this is really key for people. I think about the times when I was less confident, I was scared to put myself out there. I didn't have like good core values that I believed in. Now I believe in like giving back and, and you know, being bold, unleashing my creative, you know, going for it, setting a good example for others, being honest and, and truthful, you know, um, good communication. Like there's just certain things that are like loyalty, you know, certain pillars that I have. So when I'm going to do something, I don't necessarily think about like, it's not that it doesn't cross my mind, but I don't base a decision around, well, what if nobody likes it? Or what if I look weird? Or look, what if it, I post it and it flops? I just go, is this in line with my values? Is it giving back to other people? Is it being bold? Is it really going for what I want to do? Do I, in my heart of hearts, want to do this? Yes. Then I'm going for it. And I don't care what happens because whatever happens is the outcome. It's not the, the action that I took. So I just think that people need to look inwards on their values. And, and understand who they are and why they are that way and how that shows up every day. And when you truly know that, you don't base your action or decisions off the external world. You just look inwards and go, does this line up with who I am, what I believe and why I'm doing what I'm doing? And if the answer is yes, you do it. I love that because a lot of people will go into, it's a business. They're like, if I'm not making money, if I'm not having success, uh, if people aren't liking and commenting on my content, then it somehow reflects that I am like on my character or something like that. But the right. reality is almost inverted that if you go out and you live your values and you're creating content and you're saying by creating content, by putting myself out there, by um, building my business, I am actually, that is the success. I am exactly. living my values. Yes. And so if you start measuring your success from other people's opinions of you or how they respond, 
that's a rough way to go. But if it's about like whether I'm living up to my values and things that, I'm, that are meaningful to me, then it's such a more, much more powerful way to move forward. That's it, man. That's the game. That's a, so many people just get sidetracked with what everyone else would think or how they would be judged. And yeah, if you can focus internally on your values and your character and what you stand for, what you believe in, it's much easier to march forward in the face of adversity or in the face of the unknown. Because you, you don't think about, to your point, you said it perfectly, like you don't think about the outcome or what's going to happen with the post. The actual success or the character or the values comes from doing the action that you want to do. And I think it's a, it, again, it's, it's easier said than done. I know there's a lot of deep issues with that. And everyone comes from a different background. Sometimes it's just really embedded in who that person is. But to me, that's the only way. Because if you're scared to post video content, there's probably a lot of other things that are holding you back that are only going to be really, you're only really going to overcome that barrier if you look inwards and figure out why is this holding me back? Why am I not validating myself for, for going for it, for being courageous, for looking fear in the face and saying, dude, I'm doing it anyways. That should be the validation that you need right there. That's, that's plenty, right? And then even if you flop the next 10 posts, it doesn't matter because then you go back to your values. Did I try? Did I go for it? Yes, I did. I failed. That's okay because I value failure as part of the learning experience. Not a problem. Now, my other values is that I learn from my mistakes. I learn from my failures. I, I, I believe that the process is amazing. And that's my success definition of success, doing what I love every day, making an impact. But I also learn from my failures. So let me see what I can take away from these last 10 flopped posts, right? So you see the whole conversation changes when you replace validation with instead of the external validation. I love it. So I want to switch gears here. You have been in the game for a minute killing it um i would love to hear more about what's next for alex sheridan over the next five years where do you see yourself going um what does the direction look like for you next five years man is honestly five years is a long long time i mean i know it'll probably seem like it's not you know and time goes by somewhat quick but for me to guess where i'm going to be at five years i really don't know i mean i will tell you this like short term i'm we're, we're now posting and have begun to post even starting this week, even these next couple of weeks and, and in the future, more video content and content than we've ever posted before. So we want to elevate the brand. We want to take it to the next level. I always have, I have fun with this. I love this. I love making an impact, helping people, sharing the message. And so for me, we want to make a bigger impact with that, inspire my team to do it. And so, and we want to grow the business. We want to hire more people. We want to employ more people because that creates unbelievable opportunities for other people. And we want to help more companies get on video and turn their video content into a 24-7 sales rep because we know what the power of that is, right? We know what that means for opportunities and everyone. So there's definitely things like that. There's definitely, and, you know, in a few years, do we keep the company and grow it? Does somebody offer to buy it? I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'm talking right now with another uh, potential co-founder that we may be starting another company together, co-founding company with somebody else, which is really interesting for me and fun for me. It's a it's a good person that I know, like, and trust, and we've got a good concept and vision behind it. So that's exciting, right? So will I start another business in the next five years? Probably, right? So for me, it's like, I don't even know, man. I don't even know what is going to happen because I didn't know three years ago that I'd be here today. I mean, I always knew that I had a vision and I believed in myself and I knew I was going to do something impactful and it was going to be big. And I, I had these, it's not like I'm surprised that I'm here, but I didn't know this was the exact route that I was going to be. I didn't know I'd be here today. So I think that's the exciting part about it is like, 
I know my vision and the impact I want to have and what we want to do and build, what I enjoy, what I don't enjoy, and what I want to stay away from, what I want to gear towards. But I don't know, you know, I don't have a five-year roadmap planned out to say this is exactly what I want to be at five years. I, I just kind of let things, you know, I think things are going to come up along the way and you'll say yes or no and go this way or go that way. But one thing I, that will not leave me is the values, the core values, the vision of helping other people around the world unleash their natural creativity and tell their stories and, you know, get on video and share their unique perspectives and, you know, uh, make creative content and that kind of stuff like that will never change. But what we actually do with that, it could be a ton of different things. Definitely want to do more speaking events and get on stage more and all types of stuff, dude. It's interesting you say that because I feel like a lot of uh, impact-driven individuals say very similar things, right? Like it doesn't necessarily matter exactly what it looks like as long as I'm living up to my values, making an impact, and really helping other people. And it doesn't have to look a specific way because there's right. so many different ways to do that. So many opportunities that arise as you're creating more impact, as you're getting creating more influence. And so I, I absolutely love that. So yeah, you never know, man, like one, one video, one month, your life could completely change. You know, one, you're one opportunity away, one view away from the game changing for you, you know, in a good way. And so it's, yeah, you never know. I think that's a part of what's exciting about it too. 100%. So for those that want to get in touch with you, Alex, what is the best way for them to do that? You know, LinkedIn and TikTok, LinkedIn, probably for messaging and getting a hold of me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn daily. I'm on TikTok daily, posting content daily, engaging with others daily. So definitely there. Um, if you want to learn more about what we do or how we roll, you can check out the website impacts.com. And then, you know, you can always email me a shirt and impacts.com and check out the podcast brand in demand. We do a live session every Tuesday that audio becomes the podcast and, um, we have a good time with it and you get to answer or ask questions about, how to build your brand through video content and attract your dream clients. And I do my best to answer those questions. And again, we take the audio from that and that becomes podcast. Right on. And the links to all that will be in the description of this episode for those of you listening. And the last question before I let you go, Alex, this has been a value packed episode um, is what's one thing that you're doing today that you wish you would have started doing five years ago? Well, I would say that probably if I could go back in time, I, I really believe, man, it's kind of cliche, but I believe that like things played out probably how they should have played out. But if I could go back five years from now as the person I am today, I just wouldn't have took the entrepreneurial leap sooner. I mean, I was ready, man. Like I told you in the beginning, I was writing books on sales. I still have the book. It's a whole book. <laughs> I mean, like I was creating training manuals. I was making YouTube videos and sharing them and emails with clients and potential clients. Like I was always wanting to think outside the box, use my creativity. I was writing music at a young age, 13, 14, 15, made a bunch of songs, right? Like I, I always had that in me. I was just, you know, there was things inside me that I, I didn't feel comfortable or didn't have the push or didn't have the, whatever it was. I, I just didn't fully go for it. I was like, you know, I was in that box. So I think if I, if I went back five years ago, the message would be to, hey, lean in on your strengths trust your intuition. You've got something that you can use that's that's outside of what you're doing right now. It's bigger than you think. And so don't limit yourself. Don't think just, you know, you're at a company, a good company, and you just want to climb your way up. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it wasn't the path. So I would definitely jump into entrepreneurship and I would have done it way faster 
the, if I could go back, just take more chances, more calculated risk and around things that I really enjoy and that I'm passionate about and that I love. And that's one thing I'm so grateful, man, as we stand here today, you know, as, as excited as I am for the next chapters and I am, I also realize that like, there's nowhere that I want to get to that I'm all of a sudden going to be like crazy, happy, more excited. You know, there's definitely awesome milestones I know will hit. I'm really excited for that. But I wake up every day and get to do what I love. I wake up every day and get to be around people I enjoy working with. I get to kind of set my own schedule in a lot of ways. I get to create videos for my job. You know, like it's, I'm very, very humbled and grateful from that. And I think the fact that I can get up and do what I want to do and make the kind of impact that I can make on other people, dude, that's it, man. Like, that's it. So there's no like, you know, there's not a car I want to buy. There's not some, you know, revenue status that I want to get to. There are goals and thing, milestones, like I said, but man, I just appreciate being able to do this every day. It's, it's amazing. That's so well said. And I think there are a lot of people out there that have all the tools to be <laughs> able to succeed. And eventually yes. you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta trust yourself and trust that intuition and go for it. And, um, yeah, it might be clunky at first. There might be some growing pains, but in the end, you're able to live your values and do something that is really meaningful to you. That's it. Awesome. Well, Alex, this has been a fantastic uh, time chatting with you. Thanks for sharing so much. We'll have to do this again sometime. Appreciate it, brother.